Navigating Social Security is easy, right? Well, not really. We know the government is in charge of the rules, so you know it's not really that easy. So on today's show, we'll talk through five common Social Security myths to help you be better prepared to make the best decision for you. It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Welcome in to My Retirement Clarity. Glad to have you on the show today as we go through these social security myths. Uh, Lee, I know this is always an important topic. A lot of people, well, maybe I guess there's a lot of people that just kind of overlook this aspect of planning. But as we'll kind of go through today, there's a lot of maybe misinformation out there, or just some common assumptions that people make that just eh, may not be too accurate. Yeah, you're right. It's like sort of like I said in the intro, you know, the the government has been in charge of this and they did the rules. And so, you know, there's a huge manual, just just a lot of confusion to something that probably should should be a little more simple than it is. We'll go through that today. Again, if we have any questions for Lee and his team over at JL Perkins Wealth Management there in Macon, Georgia, just visit talkwithlee.com. You can schedule a meeting right now through that website. It's an easy way to get on this calendar, find time that works for you and uh, pop in there and set that up. And if you want to call as well, 478-254-3550 is that number. Everything else good with you, Lee? Yeah, man, it's good. We're uh, in the full swing of of um, spring. Everything's going well from that standpoint. Trying to sprinkle in some golf with my pickleball schedule. I like it. I like it. Um, and that Pam... You know, Pam's okay with it nowadays. You know, early on in our in our marriage, it seemed like golf was was <laughs> the devil, uh, and that was probably a little combination of of us maybe not having the money, or or maybe you know she wanted me at home. You know, we're we're twenty two years into marriage now. She's probably okay if I if I disappear <laughs> for a couple of hours now. <laughs> not as big of a deal now. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. funny. And, and and we're recording this around around the time of of uh, taxes taxes coming due. So I know that uh, that's always a big focus of you right now. Are you are you happy to kind of close the book on another tax season? Yeah, well, it, yeah, uh, it never it, ends. I, but it it, it never ends because it always, you know, it's just a never ending cycle. And and you know, we it as we record this today, it, it is tax day. It's April the seventeenth. I just got a not so friendly text from uh, not so friendly text reminder from my CPA, just reminded me of some things <laughs> that I have to do last minute. So yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that we are always going to deal with and, and our clients now that they've they've all gotten their tax returns done many of them are sending us those returns and of course we load those into our tax planning software mm-hmm. and then we kind of plan accordingly that's sort of one of the value adds that we do for all of our clients that want it now not everybody wants us to dig into the tax return but most of them do because they understand that you know this whole tax situation is kind of messed up right now it is. And I know it's probably top of mind for a lot of people uh, that uh, maybe the taxes weren't as favorable as they had thought. So um, as people are thinking about taxes, Lee, let's just go ahead and remind them about your book offer because it's top of mind. So take advantage of this. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, maybe I plug this book too much on the show, but it's it just shows how passionate I am about not tipping the IRS. So just a short book that we wrote called Diffuse. And, and if you want a copy of that book, just text the word diffuse to 478-475-2050. 
Uh, and we'll send you a copy of that book. And on next week's show, we're probably going to announce an upcoming, may have a webinar in the future for next month. So stay tuned for awesome. that, uh, that we'll possibly uh, announce on next week's show. Probably we're shooting to do this sometime in May. So stay tuned for that. Awesome. Again, you can find everything online as well at MyRetirementClarity.com. All right, let's jump into some social security myths. I know there's a lot of them out there. Questions like, hey, is it going to run out of money? Um, should I claim as soon as I'm eligible? A lot of these questions come up all the time. So we want to kind of debunk some of the myths, maybe clear up some of the misinformation around social security as well. So let's start off with this first one, Lee. We know the Social Security Administration can be helpful at times. It'll get you uh, get everything set up, make sure you have your right forms, whatever else you need to get the benefits claimed. But the myth is that they're actually going to help you make the best decision about when you should actually start your benefits. Yeah, Ben, I think this is just one of those things that people think sort of automatically happens when, when you call the Social Security Administration. They help you. They think you can call them and they're going to help you with your situation and, and tell you at which age you should claim, which which age makes better sense for you. But that's that's simply not true. The decision on when to take Social Security is, is such a personal decision that's based on a lot of different factors. And there, there's really no possible way that somebody at the Social Security Administration can look at just your statement. And, and that's that's all they have. There's no way they can look at that statement and tell you when the best time for you to take it is. And that, again, that's really all the information that they have. They don't, they don't know your other income sources. They don't, they don't know your plans for the future. They don't know your expenses. Um, they, they don't know what your, your spouse plans to do. So pretty much all they can do is tell you how the rules um, on Social Security work and give you the numbers should you decide to claim at different ages. But I will tell you, you know, with working with the Social Security Administration with some of our clients, you know, over, over the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, some of our clients clients have had a, a really great experience with, with whoever they deal with, whether it's on the phone or in person. But a lot of people have, have had a less than favorable experience. And, and I think this really just boils down to whoever the person is that answers the phone or whoever it is that you get scheduled with. So again, my, my advice, and I think I've said this before, my advice um, is always, if, if you're thinking about claiming Social Security, I, I would call them and make an appointment to visit them in person. I wouldn't recommend just going down there and showing up and waiting unless you just you know, want to sit around and watch people. You can certainly do that if you've got a lot of time to kill, but that's it's not what I would recommend, but getting back to the sort of the question at hand or this myth that we're trying to dispel, um, how do you know when the best time to draw Social Security is for you? I would just recommend that you sit down and work with somebody that knows everything about your financial situation and, and that can bring in those other factors to help you make the best decision for you. And of course, this is one of the things that we do for our clients, Ben. Not all of our clients need help with their claiming strategy, but a lot of them do, um, and some people already have their their kind of preconceived thoughts and their minds are sort of already made up, and, and they just want a little bit of assurance that they're making the right decision. So, yeah, to dispel this first myth, no, Social Security is not going to tell you when the best time for you to claim your benefit is. All right, that's myth number one. All right, number two here we want to talk about is related to taxes. And look, Lee, I guess the common 
belief is I've been paying taxes all my life. Every time I get a paycheck, I'm paying into the system, right? I'm paying taxes. So when I get to this to retirement and I'm receiving my Social Security benefits, I shouldn't have to pay taxes on these, right? Because I've already been paying taxes my whole life, but it's just not the case, is it? Right, right. That's that's correct. It, and, you know, I think this is just one of those things that I assume that most people know. But, you know, the longer I do this, the more I, I discover that most of the time people are pretty surprised that part of their Social Security income is likely going to wind up being taxable. And so one of the the common responses I get from talking to somebody is, you know, they say, well, it's, it's not fair. It doesn't seem fair. But, you know, that's how the current laws are written. So how much is taxable? You know, given a bunch of numbers on a podcast, Ben doesn't really translate too well. But I'm going to give the the listeners a couple of numbers just so that they can get a, a big picture idea. So, the first threshold is the threshold so that none of your Social Security is going to be taxable. So I'm going to give you two numbers. The first number, if you file single, you know, as an individual, that threshold is $25,000. If you file a joint return, it's $32,000. So if your combined income is below these numbers, your Social Security is not going to be taxable. So that's kind of the first number to remember. Now I want to give you the number that if your income falls in these ranges, up to 50% of that Social Security can wind up being taxable. So if you're a single filer and all of your combined income is between 25,000 and 34,000, up to 50% can be taxable. If you file a joint return and the combined income is between 32 and 44, up to 50% of the benefits will show up on your tax return. Uh, and that's going to be taxed at your ordinary income rate. All right. So we've I've given sort of two ranges. The the first one is the lower number below that note not going to be taxable. The second number between these two numbers, part of it's going to be taxable. Now the third number that I'm going to give you, if your income exceeds this threshold, then up to 85% of your benefits are going to show up on your tax return. So again, remember this is not your tax rate. That's a being people all the time are like, 85% tax rate. Nope. 85% of that amount is going to show up on your tax return. So for example, if you had, you know, $10,000 of social security income and you're above the threshold, $8,500 of that social security is going to be added to your taxable income. So again, the numbers, it really kind of is how I define or how the, not it's not how I define it, but sort of how the, the government defines somebody that's rich is over $34,000 if you're a single filer and over $44,000 if you're a joint filer. Uh, and we certainly know that that's, that is not, that's not the case. So, you know, I would tell you being that a majority of my clients that, that I would consider, I, I kind of consider most of them to be affluent, even though probably all of them would argue that they're not. But for most of these people, their social security is showing up as taxable income on, on the return. And people okay. ask me, well, well, what counts as income for Social Security, uh, for Social Security taxation purposes? Um, and I don't want to get into too much detail here, but I referenced the, the phrase combined income. So this is what it is. Your AGI, your adjusted gross income, non-taxable interest, and then half of your Social Security benefits. Those are the things that that you add up to see where you are on that threshold. So, you know, you can see why it's pretty common that most most people 
pay taxes on their social security because their numbers are, are very, very low. Maybe one day they'll adjust it up, but I doubt it uh, because the government needs more tax revenue. So <laughs> kind of a long answer there, but I, but I hope it makes sense. Hey folks, Lee Perkins here. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know how much I hate taxes and I know you probably do too. Our politicians are completely out of control. Their spending is off the chart. And you've got to be prepared for increasing taxes in the future. So we've written a book called Diffuse, Seven Steps to Protecting Your 401k or IRA from the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. You're going to want to grab a copy of this book and learn how you can protect yourself. Then you'll have to decide if you want to take action right now or if you'd rather wait until the IRS changes the rules of the game. Either way, the choice is yours. To get a free copy of the book, just text the word DEFUSE to 478-475-2050. That's D-E-F-U-S-E to 478-475-2050. And we'll send you a free copy. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. Now, what about uh, the, I guess, the biggest concern that's out there with Social Security, um, especially if you're still a few years out from receiving your benefit? Is that there's not going to be any left by the time you retire, Lee? Is this is this the truth, or is this uh, maybe a bit more of a myth than, than most people realize? Yeah, you know, I, I'll be the first one to tell you uh, that the way our government handles Social Security has got a, it's got a lot of problems. Uh, what it was originally intended for is certainly not what's happening right now. There are a lot of unintended loopholes, uh, a lot of fraud. Uh, and of course, funding issues. So really, you know, if somebody came to you today as, as a, with a new business idea that for you to invest in and, and they sort of outlined social security as a, a business idea, you, you'd quickly pass on that and say, nah, this, this, this ain't gonna work. This is gonna fail. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's the gloom and doom scenario that a lot of people talk about, even though there's a lot of issues. As we all know, while, while most people are working, they're paying into Social Security. Not everybody, but a vast majority. One of the major problems that I see with Social Security is, is simply the number of people that are paying into the system versus the number of people who are collecting. And, and these numbers are going to probably get worse at some point. So they're going to have to make some changes to how the overall system operates. I've got my own opinion on things that they could do. Uh, probably the main thing they could do to make things better is just increase the amount of income that is subject to Social Security taxes. Because right now, you know, it's not a very high amount. Uh, so, you know, somebody that's making $150,000 is paying the same in Social Security taxes as somebody who's making $3 million. So that's one thing they they could fix. But anyway, I want to get back to the original question or the original fear that Social Security is not going to be there. Mm-hmm. I, I do not think that way. Think about it this way, Ben. Who, who's the politician that's going to say, hmm. you know, hey, Social Security is going to, going to go away. We're going to stop it. I'll tell you exactly who that is. That's a politician that's never going to get elected <laughs> or they're never going to get reelected if, right. if they propose it. So, you know, for, for anybody that's listening to the podcast, and, and we know most of the listeners here are either retired or almost retired, I would say with a fair amount of certainty that you're going to get what they tell you you're going to get. Now, if if you're under 40 years old, I'm probably not as confident that you're going to get exactly what they say you're going to get. You're going to get something, but you know, it may not be exactly what they say. So there could be a chance that you'll get a smaller benefit. Um, I mean, I've got no way of knowing for sure. Uh, My my guess 
is if they change anything, it's going to be for people who are very young, like in their 20s and 30s, and you know probably wouldn't even have a, a clue of Social Security change right now because it's one of the last things that's on their mind. Um, if, if there was a, a Social Security change for them right now and that change wouldn't impact them until they're 65 or 70 years old, my guess is probably 99% of them would just, they'd probably just ignore it because uh, I think it's just too far in the future for them to be concerned about it right now. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong. They, they could get a get, they could get a bunch of signs and do a flash mob and go go block the interstates and protest it. But I would be very surprised if that happened. It's just too far in the future. Yeah, I just I kind of wonder what it look like. I, I wonder, you know, in fifteen years or twenty years, if you're still doing this, Lee, if how much different the planning will be. Like if if people really right now that are still twenty or twenty five years out from retirement need to be working a little bit harder towards that income and and relying less on Social Security, even if it's going to be there. To your point, might just be in a in a smaller form that maybe Correct. you're going to need more to to help you out and supplement that. Yeah. So I mean, if I'm talking with somebody that's thirty five. When I'm building a plan for, and that, you know, we don't work with a lot of people that age, but when I'm putting it into the planning software, I don't even count on Social Security. I say, let's plan on it like it's not going to be there. And if it's there, let's just plan on it being gravy. I, I don't build, mm-hmm. I don't bake that into the cake for somebody that's that young. Yeah, interesting. Again, if you have questions for Lee, talkwithlee.com is the place to start. All right, um, let's go on to. Social Security benefits and working. There's a lot of confusion or maybe a lack of understanding about what you can and can't do. So the the myth that we want to dispel here is that you can't work and receive Social Security benefits at the same time. Yeah. So I think this is one that most people are aware of, but I do think there's still people that get a little bit confused on on how it works. So basically, the overview is we're entitled to 100% of our Social Security benefit at our full retirement age. And that retirement age depends on the year that we were born. So it could be a little bit different for different listeners. Um, and, and you can go to Social Security's website or just search Social Security age for retirement and, and you'll find out exactly what your number is. But the bottom line is the earliest that you can take Social Security on your own record is is 62. Now, I'm not talking about a disability benefit or a child survivor's benefit or a widow's benefit. I'm just talking about your benefit. The earliest you can take it is 62. If you collect any time between 62 and your full retirement age, there's an earnings test, which means you may not get to keep all of your Social Security benefits. So, for example, if you're 62 and you exceed the current earnings threshold of $21,240, there's a penalty. And that penalty is for every $2 over the limit you're going to give back a dollar. So if you work and only make $20,000, then you could get all of your Social Security. But if you made $30,000, it means you'd be almost $9,000 over the limit, which means you'd, you're going to forfeit or give up about $4,500 of your Social Security benefit. And if you made $80,000, you're going to be fifty more than $50,000 over the limit, which means you're probably not going to keep any of your Social Security. So again, if you're working, still working full time and you make a decent salary, chances are it doesn't make sense for you to draw Social Security at 62. Um, there is a you know a little bit of a break once you reach the year that you're going to turn your full retirement age to where that number is bumped up to fifty six thousand five hundred and twenty dollars, and then the penalty is only three dollars for every three dollars over you get back a dollar of benefit. But anyway, 
sort of the bottom line for most people is if you're still working over the age of 62, but under your full retirement age, chances are it doesn't make sense for you to draw Social Security. But once you reach that full retirement age, it doesn't matter how much money you make. You can draw your full Social Security and and you're not penalized one bit. So yeah, to kind of dispel that myth, you can still work and draw Social Security. Again, you want to be working with the financial professional just to make sure you have everything in line and in order. All right. uh, One more myth here to dispel today on my retirement clarity. And that's the one that you should claim Social Security as soon as you're eligible. Yeah. And I know a lot of people have sort of already decided that they're going to go ahead and collect as soon as they're eligible. Mm -hmm. And, And for a lot of people, I think this makes total sense. But depending on the situation, it it may make a little more sense to delay it for just a little while. You know, a lot of work has got to go into figuring this out. And and really, at the end of the day, when to draw Social Security comes down to a little bit of a life expectancy gamble and also probably a little bit of a of a, a guessing game, meaning how long are you going to be blessed with with good health? I mean, we've all seen people whose who's health failed them way earlier than they planned on. And so for these folks, it might have been better to claim earlier rather than later. And again, Ben, this is something that I I talk about on the show and probably a good bit more on the, over the last two years. For the most part, my thoughts on when to draw Social Security have changed from seven or eight years ago. Back then, I did, you know, I did what a lot of people did. I plugged things into a spreadsheet and I was pretty easily able to determine and prove that it, that mathematically, it, you know, it just made more sense to to delay Social Security because over your lifetime, you're you're going to get more money, and that that's what the math says. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you don't start taking or you delay to age seventy, that break point's going to be somewhere around eighty one and or you know eighty two years old, somewhere around there. So, what changed for me over the last couple of years? Well, it's pretty simple. I keep seeing people die early. And they never get to enjoy that Social Security benefit. Um, I've also seen a lot of people age in a way that they didn't expect. And now in their, you know, in their mid to late 70s, their Social Security check just goes into the bank every month and they don't spend it because they're not healthy enough to do anything. So I'm a big fan of seeing somebody claim earlier rather than later, even, you know, even though that benefit may be a little bit less. Um you know, because I, I want I want it to make a real difference in the quality of their retirement while they're young enough and healthy enough to enjoy it. And and I'll tell you, Ben, even with without me sort of talking people through my opinion on it, sharing my thoughts, more and more people are sort of coming to that same conclusion. Um, time's precious, and we're certainly not promised tomorrow. Uh, we've all heard some kind of story of, of somebody that retired and then passed away just a couple of months after retirement. Um, it actually happened here recently with somebody that I know, and they never—I mean, they didn't get to enjoy any of their retirement, not even a week before they they passed away. So they didn't collect a dime of Social Security, and so it's it's really sad. And I just, I don't want that to happen to anybody. So again, it's not an easy decision if you're struggling with what to do in your situation. Just reach out, and I'll be happy to talk you through it. Very good. Just start with going to talkwithlee.com. You can schedule a meeting there. It's very simple to do, very easy, and it's the best way to get on Lee's calendar. But if you want to call the team at JL Perkins Wealth Management, again, you can do so at 478-254-3550. And once again, Lee, let's just remind them about that 
that book offer that you have as tax season is now closing out and uh, people are looking ahead at what they can do to improve their situation moving forward, this is a good place to start. Yeah, and you don't have to wait till the end of the year. The end of the year is not the time to do tax planning. Right now is the time to do tax planning because you've just done your taxes. So, yeah, if you want a copy of the book, text the word DEFUSE, D-E-F-U-S-E, to 478-475-2050. We'll just put in your name, a mailing address, and we'll we'll shoot that to you free of charge. And we'll pick up shipping as well. Very good. Well, we appreciate you listening to this episode of My Retirement Clarity. Hopefully this helps clear up some misinformation, maybe some confusion, or just answers a few questions you might have about Social Security. But again, if you want to talk with Lee, just go to talkwithlee.com and set up that time to meet with him. Lee, thanks for your time as always. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for listening to My Retirement Clarity. For Lee Perkins over at J.L. Perkins Wealth Management in Macon, Georgia, I am Ben George. Take care. Lee Perkins here, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the show today. If you like our podcast, we would be honored if you would share the show with others. And one great way to do that is by posting the show to your social media pages or by just telling others about it. Either way, we would really appreciate it. And of course, if you do enjoy the show, we would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star review. And this certainly helps other people like you find our show. And if you want to learn a little more about our firm and how we help people have the best retirement they can possibly have, go check us out at www.myretirementclarity.com. There are a lot of great resources that you can access directly on the website. And of course, if you want to have a conversation with me, you can visit www.talkwithlee.com. And this will take you directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a 15-minute phone call so I can learn a little bit more about your situation. Of course, everybody is not a great fit for our firm, but if I think we can add value and put you in a better situation, I'll let you know and we can certainly talk about the next steps. So thanks again for tuning into the show and we'll catch you next time. Investment advisory services are offered by JL Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.